1991, I was the recipient of the ever-so-loving nickname, Tia Tonkalad. Now, this could have stunted my extroverted self, but instead, I embraced that name like it was my job. Almost 30 years later, that name still rings true. Here's the deal, though. I actually really love to listen, too. Someone once joked that this only happens on Tuesdays, though. Now, I don't want to disappoint your expectations of the show, so we won't veer off too often, but on occasion, you will hear from people other than myself. This episode happens to be one of those. You guys, I'm so excited to uh, interview and show you and give you this awesome uh, info and this person that's been a part of my world and like kind of a uh, acquaintance, but slash you feel like you know everything about them uh, person. And this person happens to be Betty Jean Bell. And we were just laughing before we got uh, hit the record button. But I'm like, I can't say your name, Betty Jean Bell, any other way than saying your whole name. Like you could never be Madonna. You got to have like all three words going. So thank you for being on the show. Thank you for being here. Um, to give a little backstory to everybody, because I always love a little bit of the backstory. Uh, Betty Jean Bell and I, um, we uh, connected through an online course with Erica Learmark. And so Betty was working with everyone at you know, working with Erica on creating a bunch of the stuff that she had created. And I got to be uh, an attendee in to see this world of what was going on. And um, I think a lot of you guys know that have been listening to the show that I am working with Erica again. And now all of these like relationships are like coming back into my space. So uh, Betty was in a whole different world um, prior to like where she is now. And I've been able to watch her journey unfold as She's made some major shifts and um, the last episode uh, or last episode that I actually recorded and put up, this one will go a little bit later, but um, was all about your viewpoints and how um, you really shift uh, when you're making new decisions in your business. And right away, you know, Betty, you were the person that just popped in my head. Like you have made this transition and shift in your business and owned it. So much so that you've grown in a pretty awesome social media following. And I know that that's only part of it because you can grow a social media following, but like what's happening on the back end. And I know that there's some success happening there too. And I love to kind of dig in, see what was going on in your world, how you made that transition and now where you're at. So I'd love to be able to, you know, have people know what you're doing so they can figure out, okay, do I want to be a part of your world too? Um, (laughs) Really the transition. So thank you. The podcast of course is called Tina Talks a lot. And every once in a while I let other people talk. So I'll hand the mic virtually over to you to share a little bit of your story. (laughs) I love you so much. I love (laughs) the name of your podcast and I love hearing you talk a lot. So it's so, so good. Perfect. Thank Thank you so much for having me. Yes, we've known each other for ages, Mm -hmm. um, which I love. I'm so excited to be back in your world as well. And you knew me back when I was, you, when we first met, it was because I was doing consulting work yet, you know, with Erica, but also with others. Um, I, it's like, (laughs) my life has been all transition. (laughs) It feels (laughs) like, because I started singing opera when I was four and that's what I was going to do with like my whole life. I knew I was going to be an opera singer. I studied my ass off. I was in my first operas when I was eight years old. And then, um, and then when I was 17, I got 
severely ill with severe acid reflux and I had third degree burns on my vocal cords. And they said, you'll never sing again. You'll, you'll never speak again, let alone sing. Wow. And so I've had major reconstructive surgeries. I was in voice pathology for five years to learn to speak without pain. It was hard. But when I lost my voice, I lost my purpose. Mm-hmm. I lost my direction. It was like, it was music was my coping method, you know, for everything in life. And it was my expression and it was all this stuff in my direction. And so when I lost my voice, I honestly had no idea what to do with my life after that. And so I got a job as a bookkeeper at an oil company right out of college. And that was all I did. And I was teaching myself QuickBooks at night. And I was like, what do I do? I was interested in entrepreneurship, but I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I'd been singing opera my whole life. And, um, and then the manager six months in just quit showing up one day. <laughs> I'm, I'm a type A. So I'm just like, oh, just keep everything going. So anyway, I just kept running this company on still that like bookkeeper. Oh my <laughs> and I ran it for like nearly well, like three or four years or something like that. So I was running this like accidentally running this multi-million dollar oil company. And that was where I really learned entrepreneurship. Um, I didn't, I sucked at sales. I didn't understand it back then, but I did understand operations. And, um, oh my gosh, I keep cursing. I'm so sorry. You're so okay. The name of your okay. company has a swear word in it. So I think we're cool. Like people. <laughs> okay. I just I was like, oh my God, I should ask. I keep yeah. cursing. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh. And getting the DBA for that, like they wouldn't let me have the LLC. They were like, it's profane. And then it, it took me like four months to get the DBA. I was like, guys, I've been doing business. Like you have to to give me the DBA. <laughs> and I finally just got it. Like literally just filed it now after like four or five months of trying to get it. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. So yeah. But it's worth it. You just have to keep swinging the bat. Yeah, keep going. So, yeah. So, um, and the reason I was starting, so when you're asking me about this transition, the reason I wanted to start all the way back is because I've always been a very focused person. Uh, when I did the strengths finder test, my top two, I took it 10 years apart. My top two strengths were always the same. It was number one, achiever, number two, focus. Like I am built to build things yeah. really linearly. So when I lost my direction, it was like, I, you know, I've struggled with depression ever since I still work to manage that. Um, but it's like, it's easy when I don't feel focused and I don't feel like I'm moving in a linear direction or I get confused. I really, I have to have a team around me. I got to do all my self care because like, I have to get myself mentally back on point. And so transition is still really, it can be very tough for me at times. And that's when I need most, the most support because when people are around me, like one of my superpowers is people feel loved. They feel welcome. They feel like, I mean, like, people start loving themselves just by being around me. Mm-hmm. So it's amazing to be a positive person. But I was even talking to my fiance this morning that, you know, it cracks me up how, how nurturing and positive I am. But I think it might be because I have that shadow side, because I have to do so much work to keep myself encouraged and I have to ask for a lot of help. Mm-hmm. And I think those neural pathways were really built when I lost my voice because it was so like, oh my God, what am I doing next? So the whole path of, you know, did the oil company work? And then in 2007, I moved out to Austin and like the four hour work, we could come out and everybody was building their internet stuff. And I was like, oh, this is fun. I was in Austin when Twitter launched, you know, like everybody, you know, it was just like in that, all of that stuff, you know, I've been around all of that. And for me, I never, ever since losing my voice, I never felt like I knew what I was doing. I felt like I was I was constantly looking outside of myself for like 
is this going to make me happy? Is that going to make me happy? What about this? Maybe I'll be a consultant for this. Maybe I'll try that. And so it ended up happening between, you know, running the comp, the brick and mortar companies and then trying on every hat in the internet marketing space as I just became a Swiss army knife of skills, mm-hmm. but I didn't feel like I had any cohesion or direction or purpose. And I was looking outside of myself for purpose. And, and it was along the way that I realized that was the problem, but I didn't figure this out until like my mid thirties, like around when it, when I was 33. Yeah. And, um, that was when something really shifted for me, uh, because, um, I kind of had a spiritual awakening cause that was the one way I didn't go. I had been atheist, uh, since losing my voice because my mom, she didn't mean to say this. I'm not saying my mom ever said anything messed <laughs> up, but she would always tell me growing up, don't take your voice for granted or God will take it away. Oh. And, and so as a little kid and she didn't mean it like that. She, yeah. she was, there was something else in my, like my literal little kid brain. I, took it very literally. And so when I lost my voice, even though I'd been very humble, I'd always made it a point never to be a diva. That's how I was interpreting it. <laughs> so I lost my voice. I hated, I hated God. I was just like, how could you? Like I've focused, I've done everything. So I just really disconnected. I just thought it was all hoopla. Um, but when I realized that in trying to find purpose outside of myself in a career, in a direction that I was actually missing like I was missing the point of living, you know, the point of like purposeful work, all of that. And so around age 33, I had this like spiritual waking. I was like, so unhappy. I was like, (laughs) no matter what I achieve or what I do, I feel worse every time I achieve something because I kept looking for this achievement. Like this will make me feel better. This will give me purpose. Like once I know what I'm doing, then I'll be okay. Then I'll be happy. And it just kept never happening. I love, you know, what you said. I love what you said. I was missing the point of why I was living. Like, mm-hmm. it's just like, I, I seriously am sitting here as you're talking, which is like chills running through my body and not because it's like 70 below, but like, <laughs> but because what you're saying is resonating so much with me. And I know that I know that I know that I'm not the only one. You're not the only one that is in this space where what you've been doing or what you are doing may not be what you're really here for, you know? And I mean, were you working in an oil company? It just, just feels so foreign to me. Or (laughs) I was working in corporate for just a few years. I don't know that they would have kept me any longer, but (laughs) you know, I was working in that kind of cubicle life in that world. And now I can't even imagine, you know, being back in that space. It wasn't who I was supposed to be. Um, And I was definitely missing the point of living. And then I even fast forward. And when I was in the heat and the, the, the most, I guess, outward success of my marketing company, Tenacious, is when I was absolutely the most miserable. You know, my, my marriage sucked. My kids went to my husband before they went to me when they were hurt. That's like a mom code. Like that's, you know, like that's like so many things wrong with that. Not that my, <laughs> husband, not my husband's amazing and my kids did have him to go to and, and that, mm-hmm. that, that hit me, you know? Um, yeah. and I, I didn't success was wrapped around so many of the wrong things. And my priorities were so out of whack. Um, So I hear you on the things, you know, that you're even discussing and having that, what you said, spiritual awakening. Uh, For me, I was oftentimes saying things like, 
you know, if someone was to ask me my priorities, I would have told you them, but I would have been completely lying because it wasn't the Mm -hmm. truth. I wasn't putting, you know, you know, my faith, my family, and then work. It was like work, 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 you know, because your actions and what actually is on your calendar is really what your priorities are. And mine would have been work. And I had several things that were labeled work. And, you know, my, my family, as sad as it was, was so far down on that priority list that they were happy to see me when I was around and when I was, you know, present, but it wasn't enough. It wasn't actually enough to like fill that role or to put it, you know, as number one. So I too have gone through so many of these same things. So I love, I love hearing, well, for one thing that I'm not alone. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. I love that too. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm not alone. This is awesome. (laughs) Now I totally cut you off. So back. Oh, I love it. Mike, back to you. (laughs) Cool. Yeah, no, I'm so happy to hear that because that I think anybody listening, especially in the entrepreneurship or business leader space, mm-hmm. it's so easy to feel alone. And yeah. it's so critical to find circles, whether you have to invest in them or whether you have one in your community or like, it doesn't matter or whether it's you live in rural America and you just got to listen to podcasts all day. Like you, it is so critical to inundate ourselves with things that uplift us and keep us encouraged mm-hmm. and lots of it, like nonstop. Yeah. Um, because realizing that we are not alone in this, mm-hmm. it's the comparison I, all my business comes from Instagram for the most part. And it, Instagram is the comparison platform. Like we scroll and we compare, like no matter how much you see, don't compare. I write posts about not comparing all day. And what do I do at night? I'm scrolling. I'm like, damn it. I need to quit looking at this. I keep comparing myself to other people, you know? And so like, even when I'm writing my Instagram posts, I have a new rule. Like I don't scroll anymore. Like Mm. I, I really try not to just not even look at Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, I love Instagram. It's my favorite platform. But when I'm comparing myself, I quit being creative. I quit being in touch with like what really, really matters to me. And um, I listen too much to what other people want. And I start being like, oh, I talk about stuff like that. Maybe I should talk more about that, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it gets me off the mark of what matters. Yes. Are you that makes sounding like the person you're comparing yourself to? Where mm-hmm. I find that, you know, if you're consuming all one person's content, all of a sudden you're like a, um, you know, a copycat of them, not even on mm-hmm purpose, but it just happens right. are like the sum of who you're hanging out with, right? Like I'm totally, totally. tons of people's quotes, but really who you hang out with. I mean, when I hang out with, um, I used to have a really good friend who swore all the time. I mean, like <laughs> there's a swear word. It's like, she forced it in and my husband <laughs> would know who I was hanging out with based on my language changing, but it happens. Yeah. And so same thing goes for, you know, being in this entrepreneurial space. And I, uh, one thing, well, lots of things that I love about coaching with Erica Learmark and, you know, hearing how she preaches on things, totally preaches mm-hmm. on things, totally not to have these girl crushes. And we we're in such an age where we do we we follow certain people and then all of a sudden we're on their email list we uh, you know comment on all their instagram posts we're in their facebook groups we listen to their podcasts we read their books and we're so you know religious that we've almost put those people on this altar that they don't have any business belonging on. And then all of a sudden we are copy paste of that person, but a lower form of it because we're comparing ourselves to them versus the other way. They probably have no idea who we even are. Right. 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 
that girl crush mentality, um, you know, yes, we can really look to people and be like, I admire her. And I think she's doing a really great job. When we start over consuming one person's thing, it can be a detriment to our business. It's so that you bring this up. And I knew that this was so incredibly timely for us to be communicating today for myself. Like I'm recording this. Like I'm super (laughs) selfish in recording this today. But I love it. as we're recording, we're at the beginning of a new month. And I, you know, I woke up and there's always, especially in network marketing, and since that's the main source of income for in my world right now, you wake up and on the first of the month, you start back at zero. Now, thank goodness for residual income. But at the same time, you're still, it's still zero. It still says zero on that, um, except mm-hmm. for the weird crazies that process orders at like midnight, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, thank you, weird crazies. I love you. But, um, <laughs> but anyways, you're starting over at that zero mark. And, and the first of the month can be glorious in that we get to hit a reset button, but it also can be like, okay, we're doing this thing again, you know? Mm -hmm. And so uh, I just sent to, um, one of my really good friends, I was like, okay, you know what? This month is the no scroll month. Like I'm just giving it the Mm -hmm. title and there's no scrolling. And for that exact reason is that comparison piece is falling into that comparison. Like, you know, even when you said the word Twitter, I had created an online course called fall in love with Twitter. I mean, this was obviously several years ago, because I followed, <laughs> but, um, yeah. you know, I created this online course and it was so much of the focus and like the followers, the follower count has been such a thing that just kind of sits on you. And then here I'm yeah. creating this online course, fall in love with Twitter when I don't have 50,000 followers. But yet I was still getting clients and customers from it, but no one would have been looking at mine and been like, oh, her 1,700 followers, you know? Yeah. She's awesome, right? I don't know. Anyways, total tangent, but... uh, I get that. mm -hmm. Yeah, I love the number conversation because that's what Instagram is. Instagram is a a follower game. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a lot of really... People have schools of thought and they're really indoctrinated. Like, you know, don't use bots, do use bots. Uh, numbers don't matter. Numbers do matter. Like it's like everyone's so indoctrinated. And that was another thing that I really had to take a step back from. Uh, I actually, I was, I was voxing with Erica and I was like stressed about some number stuff. And she's like, you need to let that, you need to let that go. (laughs) And it was really helpful because again, we have to have that support system to help us reflect. I was like, Oh my God, you're right. I'm panicking over what doesn't matter. And, uh, you know, I was really lucky. I, my, my following grew so quickly. It grew to, I hit 20,000. I've only had the account open for a year and, or like a, a year and a month, something like that. Cause I opened it in December of 2017 for, for being badass. And, um, and what I love is it doesn't really matter the number. It is the loyalty. It's like really, really writing and creating with love. And and it's really fun because, and this kind of goes back still to the very first conversation. The first question you asked me is like, how did you end up here? So it's like, I did all this strategy work. And uh, when I started to have my spiritual awakening, I disconnected from everyone. I was running this entrepreneurial social club. It was totally free, I, but it was just like how I socialize. And I'd organize uh, brunches. There was 200 people in the group. And um, I would organize brunches for like 45 people every single weekend. It was just like what we did. And 
I was so, again, distracted by shiny object syndrome. I did it so I would have my, my friend family that I got to see all the time. But everyone was always talking about their business and I would start comparing. Mm. And so when I had my spiritual awakening, I was like, all right, I need to shut all this down. I went from being mega extrovert for like the vast majority of my life to I have been living in my cave, which is my house for like the last three years. Like, I'm not even kidding. I went downtown in Austin one day and everyone was like, oh, you moved back. And I laughed because everyone thought I moved away. <laughs> it made me laugh so much. I was like, no, I'm just super introverted now. But it was because like, I really needed to shut off from the world and be like, what makes me happy because I was at the end of my rope. And so I started volunteering at a church. I was like, this will be fun. And like, uh, I hadn't been to a church since I was like seven years old, like, like itty bitty or maybe probably after that, but still I was really young when I'd been. Um, and it wasn't about the church. It wasn't about the teachings. It was about, I didn't, and they kept telling me, you don't need to volunteer. You just got here. Why don't you just go to the Sunday service? And I'm like, you don't know Betty Jean Bell very well. I'm just like, <laughs> I need to be doing something. I love the messages, but I never went to services. I just volunteered. I just wanted, like, I needed to be of service yeah. and get out of my own head. And that's where I met my fiance. He was the um, grounds manager. He took care of everything. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So I like, and that's the kind of thing like that happens when you start choosing yourself yeah. and you get undistracted. I had been single for eight years. My deepest fear is that I thought no man would ever love me if he had known that the path that I had been on. I was afraid I would die single. And I had been single because of that fear for eight years. When I finally let that stuff go and just started like letting myself be of service, and not, not trying to guide it with like, I, with entrepreneurship, like I had in the past, like it has to be this way. This is how I'm going to earn money. This is going to be my purpose. Right. And just let myself be guided. It was like, everything started to just work, to just happen. Like things would just fall in my lap. And it was years of that, that got me to where I am now. Mm -hmm. Um, the work that I do now is I help women in business like us make self-care and daily habits doable. Like building it, like our business and our family, it's never going to stop being a top priority. Never. Like no matter how much we're like, I need to make myself a priority. Like we're, like we're always going to put that stuff on. But what happens is um, it's learning what I found for myself, you know, after healing all the illnesses I'd had, because when I lost my direction, I also had like a new diagnosis every year. Like I went blind in my left eye. They thought I had MS at one point, which I didn't. Um, I developed gastroparesis, which is where the electrical system in your stomach quits quit working. I couldn't eat solid food for 18 months, just drinking green, green juice and one cup of chicken. Um, cause I, and I hired coaches to help me not lose my mind. Cause psychologically, like we need to chew or we lose it, you know? So like, it was all this work and one by one with all these incurable illnesses, I was able to reverse them. And the doctors would then fight over who misdiagnosed me, which cracked me up. I've had so many fights, like, like watch so many of these doctors fight like that. But it was like, I had unwavering faith that I could heal. I had unwavering faith that I would figure this out. And, and I figured out that the stuff, you know, whenever somebody wants to take back their health, we always think I need to join a gym. I need to start dieting. And I found that it actually isn't those two things. I was able to entirely reverse my health without dieting, without exercise. I didn't even start exercising for a couple years. It was a couple years before I felt well enough to exercise. And then I just do it because it's fun, you know? Okay. And so 
what I have found and what I have been led to, which makes me think that God always had me on a path, that mm-hmm. I thought I was supposed to be an opera singer. And instead, I lost my voice after being super committed. I then learned everything I could about business for, how what, 15 years or something yeah. like that. And then after nearly totally wanting to call it quits on life and having the spiritual awakening of like, what would happen if I just let myself be guided? What would happen if I just quit trying to control and steer the ship and just kind of let things go? Um, I was guided to this work and this work is still evolving. I'm still working to figure it out because what you said, I don't know if you said on the recording or before we started chatting, all the conventional internet marketing stuff, like I'll try it on. It doesn't feel right. Like I change more than I want to, you know, in my businesses because I test stuff. I'm looking for what feels right and convert. Like I want the data from like traditional, you know, business efforts. And I want to measure and see what's working, but I spend so much time going, is this the right thing? Do I feel integrity? Am I making a difference? Yeah. And so while I've had great months, some months weren't that great. Cause I was testing something new. What I found by measuring, by letting my internal compass, my self-love compass lead, um, and then measuring what is happening as I'm being guided. That's what got me here. For instance, with the Instagram thing, I started thinking it was going to be food photos and like education about healing, right? That's what I thought. And yeah, if you scroll back, you just see food (laughs) photos. I wasn't in there at all. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then one day, I can't remember why, but I was like in my PJs, which were kind of underwear-esque and I posted it and it was like, it exploded, right? Like my following exploded, comments exploded. And I was like, oh, so it was like, do what's, do what I, I did, what I was guided to do. And then I measured. And, um, I was like, oh, apparently, apparently women want to see other women in their underwear because it inspires them. (laughs) (laughs) I thought they wanted food photos. Like, and I was scared because I don't sexualize anything I do. Mm -hmm. I was scared that I was going to get all these dudes, you know, it would be mostly dudes and they'd be wanting to look at my butt, you know, and stuff like that. <laughs> but that never happened. I have some guys who follow me and they are my biggest encouragers. They always leave me the most loving DMs. Like, you're making a difference. I want my daughter to work with you. Like, they don't say gross stuff. Like, I get the best followers and the women just love it, which is why it has escalated over time to where never in a million years did I think I'd be putting pictures of my face and body on Instagram all day. Never thought that. And then um, last September, when um, uh, Women's Health Magazine did a whole nudes spread of other Instagram followers and famous actresses who were body confident. So it was like all about body confidence, all about appreciating your shape. And I was like... I knew it was coming out in September. And mm-hmm. so in August, I like bit the bullet and did like naked photos matching some of the ones because I followed the Instagrammers oh. and I knew what their shoot looked like. So I matched their thing. And it was like, I was so nauseous the day before the photos came out. Like I was sick with nerves and worry. And my account exploded because of that. Like women loved it. So now I'm like officially naked on the internet. <laughs> okay, women. So now- Everyone that's listening, since we haven't told people your Instagram handle, are like pausing to go look at the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> 
tell them where they can see you nude, I guess. No. <laughs> I've been you forever, and I've been loving watching this journey. And so tell people Instagram handle, that's where they can find you the most, and then website. Yeah, at being badass is my Instagram handle, and the website is beingbadass.com. So really easy to remember. Super easy. Um, and I love it. Yeah. And you spell it. We all know how to do it. We all know. Yeah, it's totally (laughs) simple. And even that website domain I had since like 2009 and never knew what to do with it. For real. Yeah. And I was, I was so scared to switch to it. Um, Mm -hmm. I can't remember what my handle was on this account when I first started, but I changed it when I finally got the courage to like use the domain. And I was like, I don't know. I just want to try. And So I guess when you asked me about transition, like it's still a work in progress. The reason it's all a work in progress is because I'm the only one limiting myself. Like I'm inundated with emails and testimonials of women. Or like I literally in one week had two different emails from two different people. And the subject line was, you're making a difference. Like women's lives are transforming. Like I have this uh, kindness file I keep in my email to save all the love notes I get from customers to keep me encouraged on days I'm having a bad day. But I've never, no one's ever asked for a refund. No one has, I, I never get negative, uh, any kind of negative feedback for the work. It's always like how I could improve. Like they want a Facebook group or something. You know what I mean? It's like constructive stuff. Um, but the only thing that limits me is how much more self-expressed can I let myself be? And it isn't even like something, it's not a switch you can flip. It can only happen over time. And so it's like, you don't, I don't realize, and I'm sure other people don't, you don't realize you're not fully self-expressed, but there's just levels. It's just as your energy changes, as your openness changes, as your experience changes, you just get more deeper and deeper into self-expression. And that is what has, my business has become more and more to where you know, now my photography, just with my iPhone, I don't even know how to, I don't even know how to use a nice camera, but all of my photos are done with my iPhone in a studio at home and they look like pro photos, you know, totally. but it's just like letting myself be an artist, which is what my degrees were in music and art, you know? Right. And so it's just learning to be, my whole transition is still in transition, but it's really, my success is directly dependent on how much I can let myself be self-expressed every time. I, I love this. So I, my, my husband and I both work from home now. So as we're recording, I'm like telling him like, give me pen and paper. Like I oh. have to start writing this stuff down. <laughs> and I'm oh my God, I love it. You. So here I got my little pen and paper, which I usually always have at my desk, but move. Whatever. Anyways. I love um, it. So I'm like, or else I forget, you know, and I know I can re-listen to my own podcast, which I do every once in a while. My kids will walk in there like, are you listening to yourself? It's like, yeah, yes. that's what I am because that was really powerful and I need to hear it. <laughs> I totally get that. I listen to my own lessons sometimes because yeah. it's always about the basics. And I'm like, oh yeah. Like sometimes, and I'm also a science nerd. So sometimes I teach stuff that I forget later and I'm like, dang girl, you are smart. I like <laughs> educate myself. <laughs> I'll do the same thing with blog posts. So one thing, um, you know, a lot of coaches will say, or people will say, you know, is kind of go back into, you know, things that you once created because those can be repurposed or whatever. And then others will be like, Hey, release that stuff. Never go back, you know? And so, you know, there's totally two different sides of the story. I like to hang out in the gray middle on that one. (laughs) Every once in a while, I'll go read old blog posts. And I was like, dang, did I, did I actually write this? Like, like kind of, you know, put those words together because that was great. And then I'll make a blog or a podcast about it. But 
That's so awesome. Said, I'm the one limiting myself. No joke, this morning, talking to my dad on the phone, I was telling him just some shifts and things that are going on in my world. And um, I was like, I am the only one limiting myself. Like the only one. Like no one else is putting any limits on me. My husband's telling me you can do all the things. My mom's telling yeah, Like all the people are saying, you know, you can do all the things. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. You said um, something about your mom and the things that she said that kind of, you know, stuck stuck you in a spot, but yet she had no intention of that. I had something really similar. My mom was always like, you can do anything, Tina, you can do anything, you can do anything, but she Mind forgot the part of like, but you can't do everything, you know? And so that mm. four businesses at one time, which was all the hot mess. Um, mm-hmm. But the, the interesting part is there's a lot of lies we start telling ourselves because we reconstructed like what that meaning of that phrase was. Um, you know, uh, people talk often about having multiple streams of income and how you have to, and all of this stuff. Well, I believe that lie, um, where the other side of the spectrum, people are like, go all in, focus on one thing, you know? And I wanted the big shiny, let's have all the, all the businesses. When I realized the more I focus on one thing, my brain doesn't do boom, 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 all over the place, which it wants to, because I'm super ADHD, never diagnosed, but my daughter has been. So I like take on the diagnosis myself (laughs) or I realize like, that's what was like, you know, wrong with me in quotations. But, um, so, but anyways, tangent, but I'm limiting myself. Like I'm the Mm -hmm. one limiting myself. No one else is. And so, but what I was, what I was, you know, getting to, too, with the limiting yourself is I was finding that, you know, I was thinking, oh, I'm limiting myself because there's so much more I could do when it's like, no, the more I focus in on one thing, there's more people I can serve under that umbrella, which is so much of what you have said is like, you are not only saying, you know, you're a working progress. We always are. I mean, the minute we stop being like we die, like Mm -hmm. you always have to be shifting and moving. And I I say that, and I don't want people to take that out of context because sometimes right right now we need to just continue doing. Um, but those shifts in who we are, um, can help one audience so much better than us trying to live in this space of, I need multiple streams of income with multiple, you know, ideal clients and all of that kind of terminology we've been living in for so long. Um, you know, and so I too was in this space of kind of bucking the system. Um, when Erica came to me and said, um, I knew her name was going to be said so many times. It's like, let's take a shot for every time I say the name. Yeah. <laughs> Although I don't drink anymore. So that would be like shots of water, green juice. Uh, that would have been um, so funny. Oh my gosh. I knew it was kind of going to be that way, but now I don't know what to say about her because I got distracted about green juice. Um, oh, shucks. Now I got distracted too. Yeah. Oh, uh, I'll re-listen. I'll be like, that's what I was going to say. You'll remember. <laughs> You'll remember. I'm a very good listener, but then I started thinking about uh, uh, Erica and shots that I was like, I wonder what that would be like, what kind of podcast, uh, concept that would be. Right? <laughs> and then I totally forgot what you were saying too. It's really Ridiculous. funny. Okay. So if you're wondering what I was going to say, you can DM me on Instagram and I'll remember by the time I listen. Right. <laughs> that's right. That's perfect. And it okay. gives you an opportunity to connect. Yes, exactly. That, that actually reminds me, you were talking about numbers and we both were. And so you were saying that you made, you know, you would make good money on your 1750 Twitter followers, yeah. right? 1,007. Yeah. And that's something too, that I found true. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it doesn't matter the numbers. 
Um, the numbers are awesome for like other reasons, but it's not for sales reasons. Yeah. Uh, there's lots of wonderful benefits to having huge follower counts, mostly for like partnerships and yes. like stuff like that. But those don't always necessarily make you a lot of money more than anything. They're just fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, the biggest thing I found is, you know, I know when I see usernames, it's really about caring about the people, like building friendships, like mm-hmm. loving the people that are following you. Cause it's not just numbers. And there's a lot of followers. They leave comments and they'll have these, you know, cat 93 names, like very <laughs> generic names. You have no idea what it means, but I know those people's names. Like I know that person is Sandra. I know she has a horse farm. I know her dad was ill at one point. Like I, I learned these individuals. I've done so many free giveaways, so many, I've done so many things to help me get to know my audience. Mm -hmm. And when I take time, like I direct message everybody. I used to just direct message all by myself and most people wouldn't answer. So now I just, I have a bot that says like, Hey, what made you follow? And normally people hate bots, but I'm like, okay, I could spend hours direct messaging people. They think it's a bot anyway, (laughs) or I could just let the bot start the conversation. Um, And that's my favorite thing to do because the people who reply back, I get so excited to get to know them. I spend so much time in my direct messages, literally getting to know people. And because it's Instagram, a lot of people don't know if it's real, but it is, you know, and it's been so rad to build these relationships over the past year where I really know these people's lives. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how many you know, rabid fans I have, uh, because I'm not, I can't keep up with how many people I direct message, but I spend like two, uh, one to two hours a day direct messaging people, whether they've ever talked to me or whether we're replying to something. Um, my favorite thing is getting to know people. And that's one of my guiding lights. When I write a post, when I'm tweaking my business, when I'm direct messaging, it's like, how can I love this person more? Mm -hmm. And when we just really focus on, uh, everyone says be of service, but I think that can be so vague, especially when you're a giver and you feel like, but I wrote all these blog posts, like I'm serving all the time and no one cares. But I feel like when we focus on like, how can I love this person more, whether they ever buy from me or not, that leads to sales. Because when people feel like you care about them, like they just want to buy all your stuff and it's not doing it in order. It's important not to do it in order to get people to like, you can't, it's like it messes up the love if you're like trying to get something out of it, you know, but it's like really building friendships, you know, and just trusting that like you're making a bunch of amazing friends. And so like the numbers are cool, but only like one or 10% of them see your posts at all. So like you can have 18,000 followers, but most people don't even see my stuff. Like they don't even remember that they're following me. So it's like a lot of BS and the best way is to like actually build a relationship with them in direct message in my, my opinion. And how often, you know, you I'll scroll through to like either unfollow or just kind of see who, who I am following. And also I'll be like, Oh yeah, right. I totally forgot they even like existed. And then a, either I see I'm missing their post because I hadn't been commenting or whatever the algorithm is at that point right. or they aren't doing anything anymore. So guess what? I'm, un- I'm unfollowing you. Like my brother, he has an Instagram account. I was following <laughs> it. I'm like, sorry, bro. Like you're not posting. So clearly you don't, you know, pay attention to this. So I'm not going to have you on my followers, you know? Right. Um, totally. So pathetic, but that's um, so funny. 
Yeah, I know. Well, let's not tell him. He doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> if he starts listening to the podcast, I'll follow him again on Instagram. So, you know, okay, Love something it. you said in the very beginning, it's so crazy how long it's been since you and I actually had a conversation like this, but how aligned we are in the world, which yeah. you know, just doesn't shock me, but really. Right. But um, you talked about strengths, and that's something that I have dove into deep. I mean, if, if there's a book on strengths, if someone wrote it just based on it, even though it's not from the company, like I'm digging it. And I'm currently a little too slowly reading through strength-based marriage, which has been eye-opening for me. Um, and really cool. I could, I could have like commented on every single thing you were saying, because as you were talking about different levels of like how deep you go in certain topics and things, it's like, Oh my gosh, I could go so deep in so many different things, but um, on the strengths-based there's so much accuracy to the fact that like when we're living in our strengths, It doesn't really matter what we're doing in some ways, because if we're living out those strengths in whatever, wherever we're at in the world, whether it's a place you really feel comfortable. Had I known my strengths when I worked back in a cubicle, I probably would have rocked that world a lot better than I did, but I had no Mm. idea. Like that personal development piece, or even, it's not even development because it's who I am. It's like who God wired me to be. And it was created in my mom's womb. Like, I can't, sorry, I like, I can't, I'm not apologizing for who I am and these crazy (laughs) things that I do. Um, Because, like, my top strengths are strategic, uh, futuristic, uh, competition, communication, which I overly do all the time, unapologetically, um, and activator. And so, Mm -hmm. as I look at my every day, when I can live in those and I can do something based on that, I'm on fire. Like I'm just, you know, so the communication piece is a big one for me because I love doing this, you know, and I I talk too too much, but I actually really like to listen because I learn so much. I listen all the Mm -hmm. time. I, I mean, a podcast is in my ear. If there's a way for me to listen. And even sometimes when I'm blow drying my hair, I'm like still trying to like listen to my phone, you know, (laughs) I don't like miss out. I, I should probably take a break every once in a while, but um, I love it. I love the communication piece. I learn and I, I love when other people can learn, you know, from me. So anyways, the point yeah. is not just all about me and my strengths, but when we can live in those, no matter where you're at or what you're doing, you know, make sure that those show up. So as yeah. I've been making transitions in my world and having to put new viewpoints, you know, in my brain, like this is who maybe not who you were, but what made you who you are, because you said it so perfectly when you said, you know, all the things that I did and I built upon, you know, brought me to where I'm at right now. And God was designing me for all those steps. I just got goosebumps again. It's just like, you, you have to own all that and know that maybe this business name went away or this thing, but you are who you are. And as long as you're living in that space, you're good. Like things are good. So keep being there. And I know there are personality tests like everywhere. I mean, you can figure out what Winnie Pooh, you know, which Winnie the Pooh character you are. I mean, you can (laughs) figure out all these different things, but when you can really dive into specifically strengths and there's other ones that are somewhat similar, I love like Enneagram and all of that, but like, Mm -hmm. just hang on, hang on to one and kind of run it hard, figure out what really, really gets you going and wake up and like, how can I put that into my day? If your to-do list doesn't have some of your strengths on it, you've got the wrong to-do list. Like, totally, it just doesn't work. So, okay. So I want to know, 
And I told you, like, I like to have 25 to 30, you know, 35 to 40 minute podcast. And I know that we were not going to be able to make that happen. Uh, <laughs> we exceeded it. And I, yeah. And I don't think anyone's mad. Oh. Awesome. <laughs> I'm not mad. I'll keep re-listening. I'm not mad either. Um, <laughs> so funny. So I want to know, like, tell me what someone experiences now when they're like, Betty Jean Bell, I want to work with you. I want to do life with you. I want you to be my whatever. Like, tell me what that looks like. Because you mentioned a few people, a few things that you do, but I really want to know the nitty gritty details of it. I love it. I love it. So uh, what I've been, it's been growing the past. So I've been doing this for three years, unofficially the first year, got my Instagram account the second year. And this is the third year where I feel like I'm starting to know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> like I always knew what I was doing with my work, but business model wise, I'm like, what about this? What about that? Like mm-hmm. my first year I made all these courses and I made all these things, you know, and I had people that got results. I mean, everybody who does my stuff, like they, I mean, it's amazing the testimonials I get, but what I found checking into um, what makes, what lights me up, what makes me feel really good and what helps me feel like I'm making a difference. And then in the, in the end I do, I've got women who have been with me now for three years. I launched a new group coaching program last year. Um, and a lot of gals have just reached, we just had their one year calls and the number one concern for everybody is you're not going to kick me out. Are you? What's next? You know? <laughs> Which is amazing, right? So I'm starting my third year. And the big thing I realized is before I was, you know, everyone's giving me all this advice, you know, build an eight-week thing, build up, you know, build these courses, build these short-term things. And I did it and it was cool. But what I have found is women don't want to quit. Like I am, I thrive building community. I thrive when I am in community. And because of the work I teach, I teach women how to, a lot of women come to me with a weight loss goal and I I help them achieve that goal. But I honestly, if you lose weight, great. If you don't, great. I'm not attached to weight loss, but a lot of women are. Mm -hmm. What I am attached to, what I really help women do is learn how to put themselves in the mix to learn literally what the biology is of what the hell is self-care? Why does it matter? Because we think, give me the prescription, give me the meal plan, give me the workout plan. But without understanding what those things do or don't do or how they might actually be impeding the goal that you have, um, you're not empowered. So like when you work with me at the end of it, you are your own nutritionist. Hmm. You are the master of your own body. I, you do not, I come in, you come in to work with me and I teach you what I know. And I, I make science super simple. I make self-care super simple. It is designed for women who are unbelievably busy. They are running businesses. They are leading companies. They have families they're providing for, and they have been on the bottom of their to-do list forever. Mm. They feel horrible in their bodies. They're not taking photos for their websites. They feel amazingly confident in their work, but they don't feel confident in their bodies. And that's keeping them from sharing their voice, from living to the full potential for like being who they want to truly be in their family and their business in every area of their life. Because with all the money in the world, we've heard this time and time again, if you don't have your health, you have nothing. And money can't buy that for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And money can't buy time with your family. I mean, it can, but you know, if we have conditioned ourselves to put ourselves and our family last, it takes actual habit change. Mm 
to create that. And that's the core of what, what I do. It's like, I teach folks the biology in the most easy palatable way. And I repeat it forever and ever until you finally get it. <laughs> like, that's a big thing is like repetition. Yeah. I, I really help people reprogram their neural pathways, understand their biology. And I know that's a nerdy way of saying, mm-hmm. I help women make self-care and self-love a daily habit. Mm-hmm. Like That's what you get. And like, a lot, most of my women lose weight. I had my, one of my first clients, Kathy lost more than 70 pounds in her first year. And then every year she went from a size 18 to a size eight. And then the next year she went from an eight to a six. And then this last year she went from a six to a four and she didn't do anything different, but it's because I taught her the basics. Mm. And when I taught her and keep her reconnected to the basics, Mm-hmm. your body, your physiology, it continues to improve. Not because you started an exercise plan, not because you followed some diet protocol. You know, she lost her sister this year. You know, her eating wasn't that great, but because she had that community to keep coming back to reminding herself to speak to herself with love, she's doing a great job. And to just stick to the basics, her body continued to heal, continued to change. And she's not the only one. Mm-hmm. So it's working with me is you come into a community you know, I've, I, you come, it's a membership. People, women join thinking they're going to do it for a few months and they stay for years. Um, because it is a community that keeps you connected and keeps you in the lead. Cause not me, not a doctor, nobody can tell you how your body operates, no matter how convincing they are. You have to be your own advocate. And that's what I teach people how to do is how to make self-care doable, how to be the master of their own body and how to completely trust their beauty, their value, and their worthiness, and keep themselves as a priority in the mix with everything else they're doing. I love this. I know that there are people with their earbuds in doing their dishes thinking, okay, tell me, like, tell me more. I need this. Like, this has to happen in my life. And, you know, I love it. I love the community feel of it. I know that there's been so many shifts in the online world, you know, from online courses that we take and maybe don't finish, Uh, you know, and, and that happens so frequently. Like when I created, um, contagiously confident, which I only roll out a couple times now, we'll be only rolling out a couple times a year. I knew that the one thing that I could not, like, I did not want a part of it was people paying and not doing the work. So I got, I had to figure out how, because that's not going to be feel good for them. And that's not why I created it. I didn't create this online course to make all these yes. loads of money. I created it so you would change the way you do life, you know, yes. or the way you saw yourself and yeah. and appreciated yourself and all of that. So a couple things I made a shift in, and those of you listening, you may be in this space too, where you're creating something so that, you know, people pay attention and people do the work that they said they wanted to do, but they need their, you know, be held accountable a little bit more. One thing that I did was I required homework to be turned in every week. And it was, it was just, it had to be turned in and I would even look over it. Right. (laughs) You guys can't uh, dancing. So (laughs) I made that a requirement. And then also I did little check-ins and I do little check-ins to say, where are you at on this? You know, because I don't, 10,000 people are not jumping in contagiously confident. And I don't, I don't desire that. Like my, why my, my mission in this world is to uh, be a positive, a uh, part of people's stories. And I realized mm-hmm. that 
I, I didn't, hadn't actually put it formal until I read a really great book and, you know, it was kind of a random uh, thing that kind of worked me through the steps of how to create that. And I know it doesn't sound like, oh, like no one's, you know, all of a sudden writing that down. Like I want to be a positive, you know, part of people's stories. But to me, it was so huge because what I realized is I don't need that like pat on the back necessarily. Like Tina, you did such a great job or thank you, thank you, thank you. But I do want a little bit of acknowledgement that like this is a part of your story because I enjoyed it so much being a part of the story, you know, whether it be helping someone with their social media or doing consulting or, you know, helping them grow their now doTERRA business or, or whatnot. So I love that part of it. And so I decided because that was my mission, it fits in with all my strengths that contagiously confident had to have those pieces in it or else I wouldn't, I wouldn't love it, you know? And so now mm-hmm. I want people to be able to exit that course. I'm sure even kind of like your community, you want people not just to love it because they refer you business, but to love it because it, it truly changed their world because you put your heart and soul into creating whatever it is that you're currently creating. Right. Yeah. Okay. And I completely, empathize with what you said about having requirements, participation requirements. Mm -hmm. Um, I did the same thing last year because last year I sold hundreds, like, I mean, so many of my happy, hot and healed course. It was the first course I had made when I first kind of took this business online and so many women bought it and never did it. Mm. And the handful that did it, I mean, like their thyroids were healing. Their doctor was like, I don't know what you're doing, but you need to keep like, keep doing it. And they were like, I didn't believe Betty, but I had hope when I joined, when she told me self-love will heal me, not all the other stuff. But she was like, now I'm a living testament that it works, you know? And, and, but you know, I wanted more of that. But when I have one like, or two out of hundreds, I was like, I'm not okay with this. Mm -hmm. I did not design this program to get a check and, and watch people still suffer. Like, I'm not like comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. So I retired all my courses. People can't buy courses about healing to do on their own anymore. They don't exist. And instead I designed community products, community programs. I mean, with uh, participation requirements at my high levels where I will literally kick you out if you don't show yeah. up after a certain time frame. <laughs> and it's like you get, like, it, like you got, it's liberal. It's not like crazy. And I don't ask yeah. you to do an impossible amount of stuff. But if you don't show up, like you risk losing your investment. Yeah. And it's not because I want, to, I've never had to kick anybody out. Yeah. And I don't want to kick but anybody out. But putting that out there is, yeah. is, is awesome. I mean, yeah. you don't, <laughs> I'll bring up Erica again. Um, her, her, um, you know, she has her course and then you can get into her, you know, community mm-hmm. and she's like, Hey, if you ever get out, you can't come back in. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, and it actually made me stall for a second. And this is, I know brilliantly why she did this. Because it made me stall and make sure that if I'm going to join that I really am certain I want to be a part of it and I'm going to be committed. And so I like sent her a message. I was like, okay, but here's a chance. Like, what if I don't, you know, like, what if I need to pause for a little while or whatever? Just like, Tina, I love you. Like, I totally get it. She's like, I just want people to be committed. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want it to be a flash in the pan. You think you're going to jump in and the whole world's going to change. It's like, no, it comes over time. And she's correct. You know, all that. So I love I love investigating, kind of researching and knowing why people do certain things. And I love the concept even of just like 
shifting words and the view on now we have community courses that there's mm-hmm. some handholding or like forcing, you know, like you've got to yeah. do this. And I bet now you're one, one or two out of a hundred has changed into like 98 out of a hundred exactly. are having experiences that they never want to be, you know, out of. Um, right. Okay. So this is going to be a name, like a drop name from the past is Sally Hope. Oh, I love Sally Hope. Okay, I, I, I love like, her oh God, so I hope much. She loves her. <laughs> oh my God. I love her. But oh my God. Yes. I, I should, I really need to get her back on a podcast and hear what yes. she's the world. She lived in my house. She lived in this room. She rented it a couple years ago for like a couple months. Yeah. Like what's now my <laughs> office. Like this was Sally Hope's room oh <laughs> when she was traveling the country. <laughs> we are totally in sync here. Girlfriend. Totally. So I have always admired her wild heart re- revolution. Yeah. Group and community. And I imagine it's still going, but I'm not sure. But the I don't know either. bring it up is like, it was just this powerful powerhouse of women that she had idea that she wanted to grow pretty extreme. Right. And then all of a sudden she realized I can't have more than a hundred women in here because mm. I can't then truly give them what they need and what yeah. I can serve them in the way that I want to serve them. And I like, honored that like and that thought pro- I just I loved it I was just like girlfriend that is so powerful because being a part of this community in this world to think we got to have hundreds of thousands of people buying all the things in order to be successful is kind of wild and crazy so yeah. holy cow okay I'm not going to bring up another name because we'll be off on like 70 tangents right. <laughs> in your house too or whatever like <laughs> true um, I love it okay thank you so much I have I have like 70,000 still questions on things because I want to know how you doing your bots and what online, you know, what are you using for your membership site? And like, what did you do in the beginning with your Instagram course? So there's a chance I might be like, Hey, Betty Jean Bell, we need you back on the podcast. Cause like, I would love it. <laughs> more info. But for now, I just, I seriously can't thank you enough. Like I could stop this recording and I could just be like, that's just what I needed to hear today. I'm not going to be that selfish. I am going to put it out to everybody else. But you filled me up today on this first of the month for me. And just, I can't thank you enough for just being here, for showing up and being part of our community. And I feel the same way. Thank you. (laughs) It it feels just, we're both givers and it feels like givers need acknowledgement. We need to know that what we're doing is making a difference. And like, I feel so acknowledged and appreciated Thank you so much. And any of you out there, book a call with me. I'd love to chat you up. Like... Just visit me anywhere that says being badass. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll find Naked Betty Jean Bell all over online. Instagram. <laughs> yeah. If you need to move out of a comfort zone you're in right now in your online world and really stop limiting yourself in who you are, oh my goodness, go over to where Betty Jean is hanging out. So again, <laughs> thank, you. thank you so much. You guys... This podcast happens because my heart just freaking wants to share a whole mm. bunch and to go deep into topics that are sometimes uncomfortable, sometimes are just really awesome and fulfilling and motivating like today. I would absolutely love if you went over to iTunes and left uh, a review. If you loved it, if you didn't, I don't just leaving a review, but also specifics like a, a, a review like Tina's so great. Like, that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But I'd love to know specifics. Like this is my takeaway. This is what I'm doing. This is what I can't wait to put into practice. Or this is why I love Betty Jean Bell. This episode's amazing or, or whatnot. Right. 
Um, if Tina talks too much is part of your review, that's fine too. Cause the name of the podcast is Tina talks. A lot, so I love it. <laughs> uh, I don't think you talk too much. I think oh, that's a gift. It's a gift <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> so yes, please take a chance, go on over there and, uh, leave a review. I would absolutely love it. And until next time we will be back with so many more episodes to leave you, uh, with on your beautiful Fridays. <laughs>